Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Before I get started, I would like to honor um, Pastor and the leadership of this church for allowing me the opportunity to be here this morning and teach. I do not take that lightly. I, I take it as a huge honor um, because, you know, it, it just is a huge honor. If you'll ever get to teach over here, it, be in my shoes, I'll be praying for you guys, okay? <laughs> I'll be praying for every single one of you that ever gets to go up here. Brother Trey can testify. It's not... It's nerve-wracking. I was just telling Brother, Brother Alexander over there, I'm shaking. I'm always shaking. And what that does is that it throws my words off, and I start, it seems like I'm going to cry, but I'm not going to cry. It's just that I'm nervous um, for the sake of the Word of God. But if you have your Bibles, could you please turn to Luke chapter 6? And verse, I'm going to start there on verse 20 through 38, but my focus verse would be Luke 6 and 46. Um, and we'll get there when we get there, amen? Amen. Luke 6, 20 through 38. If you have it, say, I got it. All right, some of you say, I got it, still flipping through the books, but that's fine. And it should be up there, so it should help you a lot. Um, Luke 6, 20 38, the Bible says, and I'm reading from the New International Version, so it may be something different that may be up there or you may have in your Bibles. Uh, it says, looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Woohoo. Because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to, to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed for now, or well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn them the other one also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. In other words, he's saying you're no better than them. But love your enemies, it says. Do good to them and lend them without expecting to get it back. That's hard to do when it's a big amount. Then your reward will be great. Amen. And you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured onto your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And those are the teachings, some of the teachings that Jesus has for us. This is Jesus speaking in the accounts of Luke. And the title, and what I'll be preaching, or, or not preaching, I won't be preaching. Well, maybe, I mean. What I'll be teaching this morning is following the teachings of Jesus. 
following the teachings of Jesus. Uh, I'm going to pray for, for this Bible study before we start. So you can bow, bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts and our minds for the word that is going to be brought out today, Lord. We come expecting, anybody expecting this morning? We come expecting you to feed us your word, Lord. We come expecting to receive. And Lord, we pray that we follow your teachings and that we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all may be seated. Thank you for standing. Now we begin right there in Luke chapter 6 and verse, uh, what did I say, 20? Verse 20. Um, with some difficulties that we face, which are actually blessings for which we should rejoice. Right? Philippians 4 and 4, the Bible says, or, or, and these are the, the final salutations that Paul is giving there to the church in Philippi. It says, rejoice in the Lord always, at all times. And I say again, rejoice. He's putting a lot of emphasis in rejoicing. Why? Because they're going through many difficult times. That church in Philippians was going through really tough times. Matter of fact, all the churches were going through difficult times. But Paul reminds them, rejoice in the Lord anyways, always. I say again to you, rejoice. Now, how can we rejoice, like, like we read, when we're poor? Now, I, I, know, I know Brother Roberts taught about the Beatitudes, and he broke down Matthew chapter, I want to say 6, um, that speaks about, you know, blessed are those who are poor. You know, he broke those down, and, and many people would say, like, well, this, this Luke, Luke's account says uh, blessed are the poor. It doesn't say blessed are the poor in spirit. Right, but I don't want to minimize what Luke says because Matthew may have understood it one way, but Luke may have understood it a different way. And let let us not discount what the word says because it does say, "Blessed are the poor," meaning those that are in poverty, right? But 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 I want to and, and and I'll break it down, right? And and he says. Well, this is how you, 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 the difficulties you face are actually blessing. Why? Because if you're poor, it says, yours will be the kingdom of heaven. Right? Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the hungry. Right? Or those that hunger, that are hungry, because they shall be filled. Right? Uh, blessed are the ones that weep, that cry, because they shall laugh. And then it says, blessed are, are you that are hated, excluded, insulted and rejected for the son of man's sake, for the sake of Jesus, because great will be your reward, right? Now, how, how have you found the values of the word to be upside down when compared to the values of the kingdom of God, right? We see right here, it's, it's speaking about being poor, being hungry, being crying, being hated, being excluded, but Many people may not value those things, right? We value it because we know, we know the promises that come, and that is ours will be the kingdom of heaven, you know. Uh, we shall be filled, we shall laugh, and we should have great reward. But many people put the values on cars, maybe, their houses, their clothes, items, things that they can see based, based on looks, maybe, right? But, but let me remind you what the Bible says in Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Lay not up yourselves treasures upon earth. Let it not be here on earth, where the moth and rust dust corrupt, and where thieves break down and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust dust corrupt, and where thieves do not break down or steal. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. And we'll speak about the heart here in a little bit. But it's pretty much saying, hey, do not focus on things here. Focus in things up there. Matthew 6, continues and says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek that first and his righteousness. So, so not only seeking the kingdom, seeking his righteousness. Keep in mind, it doesn't say your righteousness. It, sees, it says his righteousness because our righteousness is not right. Only his is. We may think it is. The world may, may think, oh, that's, that's righteous right there. But we're not following the world's righteousness. We're following his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Right here he's speaking about how the birds don't have to worry about what they're going to eat. You know, the fields don't have to, you know, they don't have to worry about any of that. So why should we worry? Are we not less value to God, right? That's what he asks his disciples. 
And we probably hear many people say, I'm blessed, right? May God bless you. And many other statements using the word blessed, right? It may be taken out of context sometimes. A lot of people may post, uh, you know, their new car and be like, hashtag blessed, you know, on Instagram or Facebook, whatever it may be. A better version of blessed is a person might be life will go well for that person. If we are blessed of God, life goes well for us and we will be filled with hope. Right? Jesus taught that life will go well for those who learn to value things that are opposite of what the word celebrates. Right? He says, learn to rejoice when you're poor. Learn to rejoice when you're weeping. Learn to rejoice when you're going through difficult times where you're being rejected, hated for the sake of God. Right? Many of Jesus' followers found themselves in poverty. Several, however, close, uh, chose poverty by leaving their jobs and comforts of home so they could follow Jesus and thrive spiritually. Many of them left, you know, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors, and they had their life set. You know, they had no reason, I would say, <laughs> to leave all of that to go follow a man that just came up and said, follow me. I wouldn't do it. It's, 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 one of you come to me, follow me, I'll say, I'll think about it. Where are you going? <laughs> you know? But, and then they did us to buy the kingdom. We must stop clutching the things of the world, right? In order to obtain the kingdom, we must, you know, lay up not treasures, right, in heaven. But I want to break down Luke uh, 6, 20 through 26, which right here speaks of, of the blessings and the woes, right? And I went ahead and did a little chart here, and you guys can't see it, but I'm going to break it down for you guys. If you have it in your Bibles, Luke 6, 20 through 26. Now, keep in mind that Jesus is speaking to his disciples, right? He's talking to his disciples in this place. And he tells them, blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. So he starts, blessed are you poor. Now, I want to make this statement, and, and this is what I, why I said that he was speaking to his disciples. What, what is a disciple, right? A disciple is somebody that follows Jesus, that follows God. He's not speaking to the world in general. He's not speaking to every poor person, every homeless person that you see, every beggar that you see on the street, right? Because if we have that mentality like, oh, that, that guy begging for money over there, he's, he's blessed because he's poor, Right? Because this is the kingdom of God. But no, keep in mind he's speaking to his disciples, to his followers, to those that follow him, to those that choose to follow him, right, willingly, to those that are not forced to, be, to follow Jesus, but those that decided to give up many things to follow Jesus. Blessed are you poor. Now, if you're poor for the sake of Jesus, you're blessed, right, because yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now. That has to do with poverty. If you're poor, you, you can't rub two pennies together, you're going to be hungry, right? You're not, you're not going to have what to eat. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And, and, and all this connects to following Christ, right? Now, you may ask yourself, when are we going to weep when following Christ? Well, when you decide that you have to leave some friends behind, some family members behind, some likes that you liked behind, some places that you used to <laughs> attend, right? It may not be very like, oh my gosh, but it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be sad. It's going to be a, because why? Because you're doing a complete 180, right? And, 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 and the world is going to drag you back. That's what happens. The world will always have a pull on you. But when you decide to move forward, that's when it may become sad to you because you're leaving friendships that have been established for years and years. You're leaving family. You're leaving many things behind. And that's where the weeping may come. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Right? It doesn't say, you know, I, I imagine laugh. I imagine my laugh, which is not the best. But... But you should laugh, meaning you, you, should, you will be glad, you will be uh, rejoicing, right? Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil. You're going to be blessed when that happens. In that moment, you may not see that as a blessing. 
You may say, they're against me. <laughs> you know, they're, they're out to get me. They hate me. They, they, they exclude me, right? I, I've, when, when I started following, you know, when I started getting into church, I've, I've felt all of that. I felt the, the hate, <laughs> you know? I felt the, 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 the rejection, right? I felt the exclusion, you know? I, I, don't, I don't think they ever said anything bad about me, but it says here that they did, so they probably did. You know, cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. I wasn't doing it for, for my sake. I was doing it for Jesus. I was trying to follow God. But, but, but look what verse 23 says. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Somebody highlight on your Bible. Well, I, I'm not condoning highlighting. I, I don't like writing on my Bible. That's just me, okay? But if you like to do that, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Not just only saying rejoice, right? Saying leap for joy. Right? Leap for joy. Right? Rejoice. Why? Because for indeed your reward is great in heaven. You have a great reward in heaven when these things are happening in your life. And, and then it explains, for in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. Now he's speaking to about those people that are going to be talking that are going to do all the hating, all the, all the, um, yeah, all the, you know, all of those things. Those are the same people whose fathers rejected those prophets. If you read back in the Old Testament, there were prophets, but many were rejected in their own time, in their, in their own time. And I know I spoke about it uh, two weeks ago when I taught about, you know, the, the rejection that Jesus went through, and he explained that even the prophets were rejected in their time. So it's saying, well, you're going to go through the same thing for, for the sake of Jesus, right? And then, and then it continues, verse 24, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. If you're rich now, you know, if you're, if you're following, I mean, and, and, I'm, and I'm walking on thin ice right now, you know, um, so, so now it says, if you're rich, you've already received your consolation. When you're consolated, you're, you're good. You already have what you, what you need. You already have what you have. So let's not get into a place in our walk with God where we think we have everything. Right? Where we think there's no more room for me to go. We should always be, what, hungry. Right? We should always be seeking. Right? It says, but woe to you because you already received your consolation. That's it for you. You're good. You're set. Right? Woe to you who are full, for you shall hunger. Right? That's the cycle. Eat. Sleep, eat again, sleep, do something. You know. But it says now you are full, but it won't, it won't last forever. It says now you're full, but then you'll hunger. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Right? It's saying not everything is going to be all happy, you know, all that. You will weep. Right? You will get to that mourning time. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. That's deep, right? Woe to you who, when men speak well of you, because that's the same thing they did. Uh, your, your fathers did to the false prophets. They spoke well of them. So we should always, uh, to me, the understanding is we should always be in the truth of God. Amen? Uh, the first point I want to make is suffering for our faith identifies us with the true prophets of the old, like I just said. Jesus said his disciples who work to make the world a better place will be persecuted, but they are also blessed. Amen? It says, blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sakes. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in like manner their fathers did to the prophets. And a commentary I want to read, uh, it says, uh, not only did men like Paul and his brothers apostles welcome persecution for the name with joy. Right? When Paul and, and the other apostles were being persecuted, they took it as joy. That's, that's them. I'll probably think about it. I'm being at first, maybe, but then I'll probably be glad, right? But not long after Paul and his fellows had fallen asleep, Christians in Well High, very uh, popular center of the empire, followed the same glorious lead. Indeed, we find the great teachers of the faith posit positively condemning the fiery zeal of men and women who were who even too literally obeyed this and other like charges of their adored master, who positively courted in a painful 
matrodom. This is big words. This is a commentary. But two willingly throwing away their lives so deeply had words like these burned in their souls. So we're saying like they had this engraved in them. They were so willing to follow their masters, right? They were so willing to follow Jesus in this way. It's comparing how, how one servant serves a master, right? The terrible persecutions which may of the old Hebrew prophets underwent were well known. These men of God endured the treatment of several generations while evil princes sat on thrones of Judah and Israel. Thus Elijah mourned the wholesale uh, massacre of his brother prophets when Ahab and Jezebel reigned in 1 Kings 19 and 10. Elijah was slain by Jehoiakim, uh, Jehoiakim uh, and Jeremiah himself underwent long and painful, per painful persecutions. Amos was accused and banished and, according to tradition, beaten to death. Isaiah, so the Jews say, was sawn asunder by order of the king Manasseh. And those, these are only a few instances of the treatment which painful prophets of the Lord had to undergo. Right? They had to go through all of that. Why? Because... In this time, it wasn't the thing, listening to the prophets. They didn't gather to listen to what the prophet had to say. Instead, it compares uh, when Ahab and Jezebel, right, were, were reigning. They would li rather listen to that than listen to the prophet of God. And in other words, they weren't really following. They were rejecting the prophets, right? And they went through all this persecution because of that. They were persecuted because they were doing the right things, right? And, 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 and I know you've heard her saying this saying before. It says doing the right thing for the wrong reasons and the wrong thing for the right reasons, right? To the eyes of everybody else, they were doing the wrong thing, but their, their actions were for the right reasons, and that was to speak the word of God. If you want to have ownership in eternity, you must be persecuted, right? How should we respond to others when others lie about us? Well, we've got to learn to laugh, Find the humor in the lies that people make up, right? Like it says, leap for joy, <laughs> rejoice, be happy. When people say bad stuff, rejoice in Jesus. We are commanded to be excessive in our excitement about such treatment. This sets believers in the category of the greatest prophets in history, like in Luke 6.23 uh, says, Jesus' apostles listened to the message and took it literally the time they were first beaten, right? In, in Acts 5.41 um, they, it, it states, uh, it gives the accounts of what happened. It said, and they agreed with him, and this is the prince, uh, and they had called the apostles and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the shame of his name. How many of you guys have been disciplined by your parents? Now, this, this, is not, this does not go hand in hand with, you know, being persecuted. You were probably being persecuted for the wrong reasons if you were, you know, beaten by your, by your you know. But I would have never rejoiced. <laughs> I would have never rejoiced. Now, I know, I know Brother Roberts was teaching one day, and, and, and he said, well, no one here likes to be corrected. And I raised my hand, and I was like, I do. <laughs> but, yeah, my, my, my spirit said I do, but my flesh said I don't, right? Deep down inside, I do like being corrected. I, my flesh doesn't like it. That's just me. But I like the outcome. I like, I, like, I like when I'm corrected because I'm like, well, first, that shows that you care about me, <laughs> you know, enough to tell me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> you know, my wife knows a lot about that. <laughs> you know, she corrects me a lot. <laughs> she does. Like, like just now, I was talking to, to a brother, and she was like, <clears throat> I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, you know, so so she's, she's my, my corrector. <laughs> I love her, though. I love her. I love it. I love being corrected, like I said. That's why I love it, because it comes from her. Right? But, 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 but look what happened. These apostles were just beaten for the sake of Jesus. You know, imagine, I, I, I just imagine this. Them being beat down, walking out of there, jumping, and probably a little bit of, you know, blood or, you know, bruises or whatever. Just probably limping, you know. That's how they were probably hopping. From, all, from the beating, you know, but they were rejoicing, right, uh, that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They're like, man, I feel worthy. You know, I'm, I'm glad that they see that I'm doing this for, for Christ. I'm glad that I'm being persecuted for this reason, right? But we can expect those who reject us, I mean, we can expect those who reject Jesus to reject us also, right? In the book of Ezekiel, uh, 
chapter 3, verses 7 through 9, it says, But the house of Israel will not listen to you. Now he's speaking to the prophet Ezekiel. Because they will not listen to me. Right? This is God speaking. For all those, I mean, for all the houses of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces and your forehead strong against their foreheads. He's foreshadowing they're going to be hard-headed. Like Adam and stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead, right? Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are rebellious, though they are a rebellious house. He's saying, they've rejected me, so they're definitely going to reject you, right? But not only did he send them out, he prepared him, right? It says here, I've made your face strong against their faces, right? Meaning, whatever, you're, whatever front they're going to put in you, I've made you strong to go through that front, right? It's not, it, it, I mean, I know it's his face, but, but to me, it's, it's like that, that thing you will face, right? That, that thing that will face against you, I've made you stronger than that so you can overcome, so you can go and speak to them because they did not listen to me. I've made your forehead strong against their foreheads, meaning you're going to bump heads, but I've made you stronger, right? Have you ever bumped heads with a, with a baby? They, they, they don't have pain. I'm, I'm not saying I'm out there bumping heads with babies. But, but there's been a few times I picked up a kid or two and, and, and they just like bump on me. Yeah, parent, parents know what I'm talking about. And um, they're hard-headed. <laughs> because I'll be like, ah, and they'll just be laughing about it. But it's saying here, I've, I've made your forehead strong against your foreheads, right? Like that baby, <laughs> you know, but... Why? Because there's going to be that, that opposition, right? There's going to be that struggle. So it's made it stronger. And do not be afraid of them. He's saying, don't be afraid of them. They're just people. Nor be dismayed at their looks, meaning they're going to look at you weird. They're going to look at you a certain way. But don't be dismayed. Though they are, because they are a rebellion. It's, it's just, it's, he's letting them know that's who they are. Expect it. But I'm preparing you. But that's who they are. They're just rebellious. Remember, uh, I mean, John 15 and 20, um, Jesus reminds them, if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they've, you know, if they've, he said, well, they've persecuted me, they're definitely going to persecute you because you're coming representing me, right? Uh, Jesus is saying that. Um, and also meaning, if they rejected me, they've rejected you, they'll reject you also. But how we respond to rejection is what makes the difference between success and failure in both life and ministry. You and I will face doubt and rejection. We can count on it, right? If people doubted and rejected Jesus, the only perfect man who ever lived, then they surely will doubt and reject us. Those that reject the word of God and the truth of God will reject those who are following the truth of God and the word of God. Amen? That, that. Why? Because they may not have the same beliefs that, beliefs as us, they may not agree with what, you know, what, what the word of God said or what we're doing for the sake of God. But in the end, we're not, them, we're not there to please them. We're there to please God, right? We're there to follow what the word of God says, right? Even though they may not agree, they'll say, well, I, I don't care what you, you know, got to say. I'm following the word of God. We may not believe the same thing. Well, I believe the word of God. Amen? We can expect rejection, but it is how we respond to the rejection that will determine how will it affect us, right? Whether that be positively or negative, uh, negatively, right? How we respond to it. Now, when, when we're rejected, now, uh, how many of you guys have been rejected before, right? All hands go up, right? How many of you have had an idea rejected right away when you're planning something? And you say, I think what you do this, and everybody's like, no, like, <laughs> anonymous, Everybody know, and you're like, okay, well, man, you know, yeah, that's hurtful, <laughs> you know, and, and, but what do you do, even when you're rejecting while planning, right? I'm not, I'm not speaking so much about, the God, um, about going out there and, and, and doing the works of God, but I'm talking about when you're, even when you're rejected and, and within your friends, and like I said, you have that, that, I think we should go fishing, and they're like, no, you know. Let's go eat or, you know, something different. But even when you're rejected in those times, how you react, uh, how you respond to, to it, rather, will determine how it will affect us. If we, if we react to it positively, it's like, all right, you know, you're right. We should go eat. You know, 
you'll be okay. It won't affect you as much. But if you react like, oh, my gosh, they said no to my idea. What am I going to do? I have, I'm, you shut down. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt you negatively. It's going to hurt your heart. And you're going to have that, you know, within you. are going to, you know, and, and then you're going to quiet down. It's going to make you quiet down. So next time they're planning something, you're not going to say anything. Well, everything I say is wrong, so I'm not going to say anything, you know. Have you ever argued with somebody and be like, I'm just not going to say anything because, you know, you don't, you don't take it into consideration. You know, I'm not trying to look over there. <laughs> I looked. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, it may affect you that way, right? But I know, we know how, how to react to it, right? All married couples say amen. Amen. So it is not whether you will be rejected or not. The question is, when it happens, will I be prepared? Right? Because the rejection, and I know it happens when you least expect it, right? Like I said, when you're planning and you, in your mind, you're like, I have this great idea. Everybody's going to say, woo, you know, yes, let's go. And then you get rejected. You're like, oh, my goodness. You know, you know it shuts you down completely. But if that happens a couple more times, eventually you'll be prepared the next time. Okay, I won't take it too hard, you know. Yeah, it, it happens, you know. I, I, I used to, I, I remember I told, I, told my, I told my wife, I said, you know, growing up, I, you know, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, but this is just how I grew up. I'm not, you know. I had a lot of people tell me bad things, like, oh, you're, you're you know, you're dumb. Because I couldn't focus in school, you know. They would call me, you know, in, in Mexico, when you're, when you're not that smart, they call you donkey which is burro, you know, you're burro, eres burro, you know, they, all the Hispanics get it, eres burro, you know, they, they, you know, they, they tell you that, they call you a donkey. Well, to a normal person, you'll be, oh, just ignore him. But if you hear it two or three times every day, he's going to get to you, right? But us as grown-ups now, you know, now that I'm grown, um, I'm prepared for that. I'm prepared for that, you know, those insults. I'm prepared to get that. And I'm rejoicing. I'm like, yeah, so what? <laughs> you know, I'm learning, right? That's a good thing. I don't ever want to get to that place where I know I know it all. Right? But rejection will come, so we must be prepared. We must prepare our minds, our minds, sorry, our hearts, our feelings, and we must prepare our words, right? Why is this important? Because many of us can be rejected, you know, can, rejection can come, and, and I'm going back to the planning with your friends, and they say no to you, and you can... Right, right out there, let them have it. Let them speak your mind, right? But we must prepare our words, you know, because we don't want to say something to offend anybody, and we definitely don't want to say things that we shouldn't be saying. Amen? So, so, so this question is asked, what tough situations have you endured in life, and, have, and how have they shaped you? You can, you can think about that. So what tough situations have you endured in life, and how have they shaped you? Now, going back to Luke 26, it speaks about poverty, right? Those are, uh, blessed those who are poor. Uh, blessed are those who are hungry, right? I'm, I'm going to touch on that a little bit. But what, what are tough situations? Tough situations are just tough situations. Struggles that you may go through, right? That, that being uh, poverty, hunger, family issues, family loss, rejection is right there, right? Brokenheartedness. Sickness, injuries. There, I, I could I could literally make a list and take all the rest of my time to to explain that. But what tough situations have you endured in life, and how have they shaped you? Now, when you're when, when you're in poverty, and and, and 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 the reason I wrote these down is because I've been through these. Okay, but when you're in poverty, you know it shapes you different. When, when you grow up, you know, poor, I, I I tell my you know my wife may not believe me, but I grew up poor, right? I grew up you know really really poor. And that shaped me in the way where I learned to, to, you know, value things, you know, every little thing I have. I've, I've hungered before. Because of that, I'm the way I am now. Uh, <laughs> I've had family issues, right? Those are tough situations, family issues, right? And, and I tell the reason why I'm in church is because my family was going through a lot. And, and thankfully, uh, my wife was praying for me. So, you know, my girlfriend then, and, you know, that's a whole other story. But, you know, family loss. Those are tough situations when you lose a loved one. You know, that's really, really tough. You know, and for me, I, I've, uh, and, and I'll just 
Is that a background? I've been here for 17 years in this country. I haven't gone back to my home country. So I haven't seen uh, my two grandparents are, are, have now passed. And I didn't see my grandma for nine years, and she passed, and I didn't get to see her. I, I didn't get to see my grandfather, you know, when, when he passed before, you know, before that. The last time I saw him, I was seven years old. So, and, and then you think, oh, well, you got communication, you got Facebook. Well, they're in the rural part of Mexico where, you know, electricity is amazing, you know. So I, I'm not trying to, to make it, you know, <laughs> make you all feel bad for me. But, 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 that, but that's how it shaped you because I, I learned to, to now be happy with the family I have now. Right, I have a church family now, and I'm I couldn't be more happy to be in church. Right, rejection, like I said, these tough situations that you endure will shape you. You know, sickness, injury, brokenheartedness, all of that will 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 shape you. Right. The next point I want to make is I will choose to make peace. Right. I will choose to make peace when this happens. Life will go well for people who have pure hearts. Right. We think many so-called Christians. Uh, Christian things have been done out of selfish motives. Not only does, does what we do matter, but our motives matter. We must give, lead, and sacrifice out of pure hearts, not on underhearted motives. Are we not seeing God clearly, right? Then we need to check our hearts. The humble and pure see God easily, right? Those that are humble, those that are pure, see God easily. Why? Because they're connected to him. They're connected to his heart, to, to what he sees, right? No one can be a, a peacemaker and be proud Proud people blow up under pressure, right? So therefore, they cannot be peacemakers. They cannot receive corrections, right? Like I said, I wasn't trying to make myself look good when I say I like corrections, but it's just there. Uh, being a peacemaker is smiling and loving even when it's falsely when you're falsely accused. Sure, our world may excuse bad temper, but it is not disciple material. You may say, "Oh, he's just he's just going through the motions," but that's not disciple material, right? Many people think that our temperament, temperament comes from our, our mind, right? You may say I'm, I'm hot-tempered or I'm cold-tempered, you know, cold-headed. Cold um, but in reality, it comes from our hearts, right? That's why many Proverbs, many Psalms, and even um, many prophets spoke about the heart, right? And I'm going to give you guys some examples. Proverbs 16 and 9, a man's heart devi uh, devises his way, but the Lord directed his steps, right? Psalms 51 and 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You don't ask for a clean heart, right, when you think you have a clean heart. You ask for a clean heart when you know yours is dirty, right? I ask for a clean change of clothes when my clothes is dirty. I wash my hands when they're dirty. So what, what David is saying here, well, I know I understand I have a, 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 an unclean heart. So create in me, Lord, a clean heart. Matthew uh, 12 and 34, uh, it says, there, For out, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Right? It couldn't be any, any right than that. Uh, Proverbs 16, 23 to 24, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as in a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healthy to the bones, right? The wise heart, if your heart is wise, right, it teaches your mouth because, again, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth speaks. Jeremiah 17 and 9, uh, last one, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it but God, right? Who else can know your heart but God, right? And, and, and this goes back to, to the heart issue, right, to being, to being a peacemaker, to make peace. Because if you have a, a, a wrong heart, a, a, you know, a heart that is not good, you will not choose to make peace. You will choose to fight because there's, there's that in you. And that's what David said, creating me a new heart because the one I have is full of hate, is full of, you know, anger, is full of, you know, that's where the things are stored in our heart. And if that is in your heart, that's what will come out. Right? So, like I said, you cannot be a peacemaker. You cannot make peace or choose to make peace if your heart is not right. So our hearts must be right first before we can choose to make peace. Right? Uh, what the world values is not always what is best. Right? While celebrating the poor whom the world despises, right? because nobody likes to be poor, right? Jesus also warned that doom will come to the rich, for they had already received their consolation in this life. Those, are, those who are self-satisfied in their luxury 
and their possessions and in pursuing the best life now have no hope for the next life. Because God is saying, well, you, you already lived your life. You, you don't need the reward, right? You already had everything you had here. You're good. You have no hope for the next life. We do not have to hit rock bottom, though, to get a, to get a right heart. We can choose brokenness, uh, give money, share re- resources, give up a meal, or separate, uh, or separate from the comfy of a, for, for a lifetime. If we struggle to be hungry for the things of heaven, it is because we are too full for the things here. Sometimes we need to hunger for breakfast, lunch, and supper before we feel the hunger for righteousness. Those who fill themselves now will starve eternally, right? Those who are already filled, right, they will starve. Because like it says in Luke 25, you know, but woe to those who now are full because they will be hungry again. And that meaning uh, in, in, in the eternal, in, in the eternity. Uh, Jesus turned common first century values on their head. He, you know, flipped them upside down like it says. I, I want to read a quick commentary that says, uh, At Mount Rushmore, it would be impossible to carve the face of Benjamin Franklin into the rep- into the representation of Abraham Lincoln, right? Because there's not enough material left, you know. Uh, you know, it's already there, so you can't you can't take away more because then it'll be you'll see the other side. God can do a more. Uh, I mean, God can do more with a person who comes to Him as nothing. A self-made person has already been carved and chiseled into the self-image, into its self-image, right? Of course, this idea of self-sacrifice flies in the face of not only 21st century values. It was not well received in the first century either, right? Because people have been people for a long time. Because we have chosen to walk with God and, and put him first, we are targets for those who do not understand the power of self-sacrifice. They do not even realize that by persecuting us, they are making us more like him. But we will rejoice knowing that great ownership we are gaining the eternal realm where, where they can take nothing away from us. That's, that will be a, a, our reward, where nothing can be taken away from us. So, so, so what we get from, from this is it's saying, well, at Mount Rushmore, and I don't know the precedents that are up there. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know that much U.S. history. Um, but there are four, there's four precedents, right? Four precedents. Um, yeah, four at Mount Rushmore. And obviously, they, they're, they're already carved there. So you cannot carve a different image of a different precedent to the ones that are already there. Why? Because it's already been done. There's nothing left to work with. So, so that's what it's speaking to those that are already satisfied, that are already filled. Well, you know, I, I've seen the images of a full glass and they try to add more water. It's just going gonna, gonna to make a mess. It's not, you know, it's already, it's already full. Right? If you're hungry... I mean, if you're already ate and you're and you're no longer hungry, you will not eat more. If you do, that's gluttoning and that's not right. That's not you know, that's not good. But what 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 is what is giving understanding here is that look, if you already think you have it made, then there's nothing else for you. If you already think you you made it to the greatest of greatest disciple, then that's it. You know. God cannot work in a person like that, in a heart like that, right? But I will choose to value what God values, right? Uh, disciples of Jesus value what he values, right? Because why? They follow Jesus. They follow his commands. First and foremost, God values people. Therefore, we must value people, all people, right? True disciples of Jesus Christ will love their enemies. His followers help make life better for those who make their lives miserable. Believers do good things for those who hate them. Disciples of our Lord pray for the people who despise them and antagonize them. Right? If somebody curses you, you, you got to, you know, bless them. We are no better than sinful people if we only help those who treat us kindly. Right? Right? If we respond rudely to hateful people, they will only notice how we have behaved and, not, and they will not see our own actions. And not see their own actions, rather. They make us see as mean people and tell others, one of those Christians said this to me. Right? One of those Christians. Why? Because we're giving a, a bad image. However, if we, if we give forgiveness, we will get back the same. Those who do wrong do not need a disapproving glare. They need forgiveness, kindness, and mercy. Right? Those that do wrong to us. Right? Uh, true disciples of Jesus will do the things he says, like I said. And this is what, what, uh, uh, what, what I'm trying to teach about. 
doing what uh, the teachings of Jesus, right? Believers are people who do not just talk. Disciples develop by watching other believers' lives. As we learn to give, as we learn to give, those watching us to give to, as we learn to pray, those watching us pray uh, will pray too, right? As we learn to fast, to witness, and to serve, those that are watching will do it as, as well. Disciples make disciples like themselves. Church buildings do not make disciples. Potential disciples must see Jesus as they watch us so they can become like him. Right? So it's not, it's, it's not that much where we're at. It's much about who we're surrounded by. Right? So that's why we need each other. We need the body. Right? We need each other because we're, we are um, challenging each other to grow. We're challenging each other right? to, 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 to do good things. Uh, we come down now to, to the next portion, and I'm running, oh my gosh, the time. Uh, a world-traveling speaker, uh, and this is a, a, another, uh, another commentary. A, a world-traveling tra speaker, speaking of his story, uh, told of being overseas in a hotel room with a broken AC unit. He anointed the air conditioner with oil and started working. How many of you guys have done that? I've, I've anointed my car, and it worked. He anointed the air conditioner with oil and started working. He also told stories of healings that happened when he put his hands on people and prayed. This is, this is great things, right? Hearing this, a young man remarked, he is a man of God, right? If you see these things happening before you, you're most likely are going to say that's a man of God right there. But do supernatural things confirm our spirituality and integrity? That's a question, right? Do supernatural things confirm our spirituality and integrity? Later, that man's poor financial management destroyed his church. He was a, pre he was a pastor, I want to say. His poor re relational management destroyed his marriage, and his ministry fell apart. The show was great at first, but eventually the fruit revealed his identity. We must not assume a person's standing with the Lord just because miracles happen. In the same way, let us humble ourselves and allow the Lord to search our hearts. And we ask, do we get caught up in all, all God seems to be doing through us, right? Is that what we're uh, really grabbing onto? Or have we taken the time to develop a genuine relationship and connection to the source of the blessings and power being demonstrated through us? For truly, we will be identified by the fruit we bear, right? Amen. So... What it's saying here, well, this person, you know, did all these great things, you know, but doing things in the kingdom of God is not the same as having fruits, spiritual fruits, right? And it, it, it tells a story there. He didn't have the fruit of, of, of meekness. He didn't have the fruit of joy. He didn't have any of those things like, like in Galatians it says, right? But and what happened instead, he, he lost a lot of things. He, it was a, a great loss. Why? Because he didn't have the right fruit. Our words reveal what's in our heart. Again, like I said, we should not clo look closely, uh, I mean, we should not closely link ourselves with someone who does not display the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and, and more. If a person lives in the work of the flesh, then that person is not walking in the Spirit. Right? In, uh, in, in Galatians 19 through 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lavishness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, that they do things that shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They, them that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Right? And, and we're talking about right now how... Our words reveal what's in our heart, right? And it also reveals the fruits we give out, right? By those actions, right? If we don't have the, the, the fruit of, 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 of love, if we don't have the fruit of joy, if we don't have the fruit of peace, right, that will determine how our tree is growing and what kind of fruits it's giving, right? And, and the Bible, is, it speaks a lot about the, 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 the unbearing tree, how, how, you know, Jesus cursed the, the, the fig tree, you know, why? Because it was not working to its full potential. It was not doing what, what it was called to do. And likewise, it can happen to us. If we're, not doing the, if we're not working to our full potential as Christians, right, those fruits will not be there. We can, we can uh, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk, but God is not seeing what's outside. He's seeing what's inside. 
And those are the fruits of this, the Spirit. Uh, really quick, and I'm getting close to, to an end. Uh, I thought I had more time. I should have listened to my wife when she said hurry up. Um, Luke 6, 47 through 49. It's, it speaks about, uh, and this is a, a famous, uh, famous sermon that, that Jesus gave, speaking about the two houses that have two different foundations. Right, one of them has a solid rock foundation, and the other one has, you know, the 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 not the so good foundation, right? And the storm comes and it beats the house, and it's a great loss, right? But Jesus tells us to build our lives on the rock, right? Why? Because the rock is unmovable. The rock does not move, right? The rock, it's it, if you see a, I mean, and it's not talking about a rock that you can hold. It's talking about a rock that is planted, that is set. It's not movable, and that's what God is to us. He's like a rock. He does not move. It is us the ones that move away. It is us the ones that move away from his teachings. It is us the ones that move away from his ways, from his calling, right? He's unmovable. He's a rock. You know, there's many, many, uh, many illustrations that see God as a rock, as a strong tower, right? As something solid that does not move. Why? Because that's who he is. He's unmovable. He doesn't change, you know? It is us, the ones that change. It is us, the ones that move away. And I'm coming to a closing. I still have some notes, but I, I, just for the sake of time. Would you stand up to your feet? I'm getting ready to close. But I want to ask this question. What, what type of disciples do we want to be? Do we want to be those that don't have any reverence for God, that don't follow his teachings? And can free roam and do what we want? Or do we want to be those that are planted, right, that are set, that are not moved there with God, right? So let's make up in our minds, let's make up in our hearts, and let's ask God to change our hearts and our minds. Amen? Would you raise your hand and pray with me? Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your teaching. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And, Lord, I pray that you would renew our, our hearts and our minds, Lord. Create a new heart in us, Jesus. For ours is maybe full with, with hatred and anger, Lord. But we pray, Lord, that, that our heart may be renewed so we may be following you more willingly. So that we may follow your words, Lord God, and be obedient to the words that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. You give a hand clap unto the Lord. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you.